his head. No. He then repeated with severity. Definitely not. The Gorsha nodded. I had expected this response from you. So we've put the weight of our consideration on the second method. Please enlighten me, Shulin said solemnly. The second method, Gorsha said, is to have your highness publicly repent before the people of Shenla, ask the heavens for forgiveness, then face the wall in reflection for a month. Not possible, Shelian said calmly. Gorsha was taken aback. We're not really asking you to face the wall to reflect. You just have to look. <clears throat> he cleared his throat and suddenly remembered that they were before the statue of the heavenly martial emperor and immediately corrected himself. As long as you are sincere, it will suffice. Still, Shailin responded with a no. And the reason? Gosha asked. Gosha, when I descended the mountain today, do you know what I saw? Not only did the people at the royal capital not condemn the accident that happened during the heavenly ceremonial procession, they very much approved of it. This proves that the people of this kingdom all believe that the decision to save the child was right. If I were to do as you say and be punished for something that was done right, what would they think? Doesn't this only tell everyone that to save a life, not only do we not obtain fortuitous merits, but instead will be punished for our sin? How should they think or act after that? Whether it's right or wrong isn't important, Gorsha said. Only that you must choose between two paths. Nothing is perfect in this world. Either that child shoulders this blame, or you do. Whether it's right or wrong is very important, Shailen replied. If I must choose, then I choose the third path. Gorsha rubbed his forehead. Um, your highness, excuse my boldness, but why do you care what they think? Today they think. In such a way, tomorrow they'll think in another. There's no need for you to mind the small details. Trust me, people will carry on doing what they need to do and will not be touched by your actions, nor take you as an example. It's best if we focus on serving what's above our heads. Shirlin was silent for a moment, then spoke. Gosha, ever since I've entered, the royal holy pavilion to become a disciple here. The more I train, the more I've reflected. There's actually something I've always thought, but didn't dare to speak of. And what's that? Gosha asked. Is it really right for us to worship and prostrate before the gods like this? Gosha was speechless for a moment. If they don't worship the gods, then what are we to do? Go homeless? What? Your Highness thinks that the thousands and millions of devotees who come here to worship have the wrong beliefs? Shailen shook his head and chewed on his words. The beliefs are not wrong, only this disciple doesn't think it right to prostrate. He raised his head and pointed to the golden, scintillating, glorious and large statue of the martial heavenly emperor. When humans ascend, they become gods. To humans, gods are elders, are teachers, are the everlasting light. 
but they are not our masters. In such regard, we should be full of gratefulness and also admiration, but never idol worship. Just like the Shangyuan heavenly ceremonial procession, the correct attitude should be of gratefulness, of joy, not of fear, not begging to please, not of intimidation, and certainly not putting myself in a position of servitude. Gosha remained poised and silent, but the other three deputy Gosha appeared to have become restless, turning their heads back. Shailen continued, An accident happened. It couldn't be helped. I am willing to offer a thousand lamps to brighten the long nights. Like moths to flames, I'm not afraid. But I refuse to bow my head for something that I did right. Face the wall in reflection. What have I done wrong? What has anyone done wrong? Just like how Chirong committed evil, but Fengxin, who subdued the wrongdoer, had to be punished. Where's the logic in all of this? If the heavens have eyes, they would not condemn me for this. Gosha looked away. Then, your highness, let me ask you. If the heavens really do condemn you, will you apologize then? If that should happen, then the heavens are in the wrong. I am right. I will stand against the heavens and defy until the end. Hearing this, Gosha's face changed slightly, and he smiled. Your Highness, you're pretty brave to say such words. The other three, Deputy Gosha, watched him, wanting to speak, but stopping themselves. Just then, a sudden huge alarm went off outside the hall, like the chiming of multiple bells at once. The four Gosha could no longer remain in their seats, and all rushed up at the same time, running toward the back of the hall. Shailen followed closely behind. They traversed through the many buildings behind the great martial hall and came before a black pagoda. The doors to that black pagoda were open and countless wisps of dark smoke were whooshing out. The Gorsha let out a despairing scream. Where's Ju'an? Where the hell did he go? How did this happen? A number of trainee guards rushed over. The one leading was that Ju Shishong. Gosha, I'm here. I don't know what happened. The door was locked, but it suddenly opened on its own. Gosha pulled at his hair. Quickly, bring me a new soul-sealing jar. Shirin rushed straight inside. Within the black pagoda, the walls were covered in lattice sandalwood panels of varying shapes and sizes stacked unevenly atop each other. Within each panel were various clay jars, porcelain vases, jaded boxes, and so on. Each of those containers were originally securely placed. The red cover stoppers stuffed firmly in place, the opening sealed with yellow talismans inscribed with crimson spells. But now many were shattered, and many more continued to drop off the shelves themselves. Those not yet fallen were all swaying and vibrating. Those soul-stealing containers each had a demon or ghost who once caused havoc sealed within, and such a black pagoda existed in every single temple on Mount Teersang, purposely utilizing the clean, saintly essence to keep them suppressed. However, something happened 
that caused the sudden insurgence, and they had all escaped. It's too late, Shillian shouted. He immediately kicked the doors closed. The steel lock that originally chained up the door had been broken by the resentful spirits. So Shillian unsheathed his sword, used the tip, and drew out some characters, then plunged it down. He brought over 200 swords with him when he entered the mountain, and he'd switched the one carried on his person almost every day. Each was an incomparable, singular, treasured sword. That sword, having been slantily stabbed into the ground, sealed the door shut, and only the sounds of resentful spirits within, rioting and roaring, could be heard. Once they left the Black Pagoda, they looked up, and atop each of the summits, all the Black Pagodas behind each temple were filled with black clouds. All the resentful spirits were rushing to the sky, flying toward a certain direction that was now heavy with smoke. What's over there? Why are they all flying over there? Juan asked. Guosha yelled, Are you dumb? That's the Shenla Pavilion. The group ran like the wind, and in the blink of an eye, arrived at the Shenla summit. On top of Mount Tesang, heavy, thick smoke emerged from countless temples across innumerous peaks and rolled over to form an enormous swirl above the Shenla Pavilion. What's going on in that Shenla Pavilion of yours? All the demons and ghosts are being lured over. What exactly did you put inside? Gosha demanded. Shilian was also bewildered. Nothing, just... Just what? Shilian suddenly remembered. That small child. Just then, Zhu Shishong cried. Gosha, this is bad. His Highness's place is on fire. Sure enough, a corner of the Shenla Pavilion was alight. Flames bursting toward the sky, reflecting dark crimson in the black clouds above. Yet, at the foot of Mount Tesang, all those in the royal capital who hadn't gone to bed had no idea what was going on when they witnessed the scene from afar and were excitedly dragging others to watch in awe. Wow, the great immortals on the godly mountain are conducting a ceremony. What a show. Soon, the group of them arrived at the Shenla Pavilion. Shelin didn't keep too many servants, and so a number of cultivators from the other summits had rushed over, desperately drawing water from the well, trying to put out the fires. Shelin didn't see his two attendants, and immediately rushed inside. All the resentful spirits of Mount Tesang had been gathered there. The Shenla Pavilion was completely pitch black inside. Nothing could be seen. Shilian sensed two silhouettes within the main hall and yelled, Fengxin! Muqing! The two had drawn a protection array so as not to let the evil spirits invade, holding on, but just barely. Sure enough, Fengxin's voice rang out, Your Highness, don't come in. This child is strange. All those spirits were coming for him. Only then did Shilian notice that behind the two silhouettes was another small shadow, seeming to be kneeling on the floor, his head in his hands. He screamed, It's not me! After observing them for a moment, Shilin shouted, Stop holding on, let it go. Mu Ching cried back, We can't let go. 
If we do, those things will go crazy. Let me find the most. Shailen cut him off. No fear. Let go. Now. Muqing gritted his teeth and dropped his hands with Feng Xin at the same time. Sure enough, with the restraints off, those resentful spirits screeched and started going wild. However, in the next second, Shailen reached out, lightning fast, and choked a particular wisp of black smoke. He didn't even look and grabbed that black smoke with his bare hands, holding it in his palm firmly. The moment he caught that one resentful spirit, the crazed swarm of resentful spirits within the Shenla Pavilion slowed down. Outside, everyone silently nodded. In a situation where a large swarm of resentful spirits gathered in the same place, they would usually follow the lead of the strongest one. Once that one is caught, without a leader, the spirits would lose direction. At that moment, Shilin immediately recognized the strongest one and choked it, not giving it any chance. And with only a squeeze, that one resentful spirit disintegrated into nothing in his palm. Immediately after, the four Gorsha raised their sleeves and called out, Come back! That swarm of resentful spirits, having lost its leader, flew haphazardly around the Shenla pavilion like headless flies, until finally they had no choice but to give up and reluctantly returned to the seal within the Gorsha's sleeves. The other cultivators continued to put out the remaining fire, and only until the heavy smoke had gradually dispersed did Chilean clearly see the figures of the other three. Feng Xin and Mu Qing were half kneeling on the floor, still in shock. Behind them, that child was still holding his head, uttering not a single word. The Gorsha entered and spoke after only a look. Where did that child come from? Feng Xin said that all the resentful spirits were going after him. What's going on? That's the child who fell from the city wall during the Shangyuan heavenly ceremonial procession. All the Gorsha were taken aback. Gorsha demanded, Why did you bring him here? Shailin shook his head, not wanting to explain, and instead asked Feng Xin, What did he do to attract all the resentful spirits of the Black Pagodas? One of Feng Xin's arms was still in a sling, and he rose to his feet. I don't know what he did, but once he entered the mountain, soon after coming inside the Shenla Pavilion, all those black things suddenly flew over from all over the peaks and broke in, swarming around him, gathering more by the minute, and we couldn't get out. Shailen looked around at the walls and pillars, burned to a crisp inside the pavilion. Then what's with the fire? he asked. Mu Ching, whose face was covered in soot, said, We couldn't leave, so we had to draw an array to defend. Those resentful spirits kindled the candlelight and burnt the curtains, hoping to force us out. Thank goodness your highness came swiftly and immediately seized their vitals. Otherwise, if it kept burning, we'd all be dead along with the array, Feng Xin said. Hearing his words, Mu Qing closed his eyes and lowered his head. On the side, the Gorsha had already surrounded that young child, observing him closely. Gorsha, is there anything the matter with that child? 
If there was anything the matter, such as being possessed by ghosts, Shelian should have been able to recognize it immediately. After having trained at the Royal Holy Pavilion for a number of years, he had worked on his sight especially, and very few things could deceive his eyes. Yet, he couldn't see anything off with this child. The Gorsha shook his head, also seeming to not have observed anything amiss. He asked, What's your birth date, month, year, and time? Hong Hong R seemed to be guarded against everyone, tense with hostility, and would only stare at him, not speaking. Shelian encouraged gently, Just tell him. Gorsha only wants to tell your fortune for your own good. The moment he spoke, Hong Hong R obediently told the time of his birth in a low voice. Gorsha knitted his brows and started calculating with his fingers. The people around watched him, talking in low voices, and saw his expression grow dimmer and dimmer. Shelian watched and became more and more solemn. Gorsha looked to be no more than a tender, thirty-something young man, but Shelian knew better than most just how powerful his teacher was to be able to rule over the royal holy pavilion. The number one Gorsha of Shenle, Mei Nianqing, was famed throughout the land for his fortune-telling. Shilian learned the art of the sword and of spells from the deputy Gorsha, but never learned the art of fortune-telling from the Gorsha himself, only because Gorsha had told him that it was an art of the streets. The golden stature of the crown prince had no need for such tricks. Plus, Shilian himself wasn't interested so he never tried. However, whenever Gorsha worked on his art, there were never mistakes. A while later, more and more cold sweat was rolling down the forehead of Gorsha, and he mumbled, No wonder, no wonder, no wonder he ruined the heavenly ceremonial procession, that the spirits of the black pagodas grew excited from sensing him, that the Shenla pavilion was burned too. This, this is truly, Truly what? Shilin asked. Gorsha wiped his sweat and suddenly backed a meter away. Your Highness, you really brought something you shouldn't have up the mountain. That small child is toxic. His sign is born of the most ominous star, the star of solitude, destined to bring misfortune and destruction, the kind that evil loves the most. Whoever touches him will have misfortune before them. Whoever gets close will lose their lives. Before he even finished, there was a loud scream and Hong Hong R leapt to his feet, running toward Gorsha to headbutt him. His voice was young and tender, but his screams were filled with rage, as if his heart was filled to the brim with unspeakable pain and anguish, making many of those present shiver. That young child was covered in injuries, yet he tore and hit out at them, like a red-eyed rabid dog, violent and aggressive. The deputy Gorsha blocked Hong Hong R, and Gorsha backed away, yelling, Make him leave the mountain. Hurry. Don't touch him. I mean it. That fortune is too toxic. Don't touch him. The deputy Gorsha hurriedly moved aside, and Mu Ching and Feng Xin didn't know whether to act. Seeing that everyone was avoiding him like he was a poisonous snake. 
that child was shaken and started thrashing even harder, biting and screaming. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, he shouted. Suddenly, a pair of arms wrapped him around the waist, encircling his small form. A voice came from above his head. You're not. I know you're not. Don't cry. Don't cry now. Don't cry. I know you're not. That young child tightly pressed his lips closed, grabbing onto that pair of snow-white sleeves around his waist with a death grip. He forced himself to hold back for a long time, but in the end, he couldn't. A stream of tears suddenly rolled down from that round, black eye, and he burst out crying. Shirlin embraced him from behind and reiterated firmly, It's not you. It's not your fault. Thank you.